Is wisdom limited? Can wisdom even be defined? Or is it that the more we know, the more we don't know? (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the Wisdom Within Scripture series. And today I'm going to be delving into the subject of God's eternal wisdom. Now, this is a subject I could speak at infinitum, but within this episode, we're going to talk about what exactly is wisdom? How is it defined? What are the objectives of it? How do we come to know it? And what profit does it bring in your life? And what detriment does it bring when you don't have or embrace wisdom? Because we're in the information age right now. There's plenty of information out there. We have more information today than ever, ever in the past. Available, click of a button, you don't even have to do anything. Okay, there was a time where very few people even had access to reading and writing. Right, and and you had to be part of specific groups to be able to even write something. Whereas today, everybody has at their fingertips the availability of all kinds of information. But it has brought more confusion than wisdom. Why is that? It's because not all information is wisdom. Not all information is good. In fact, there is a lot of information out there that is designed to confuse you. It is designed to make you turn away from the truth and turn towards evil. So in all of that, where does one look? Well, my suggestion with this whole series is that one looks within scripture. One looks within the 66 books of the Bible and learns and understands the wisdom within it. Because not only is it the spoken word of God himself, it has, it, it has truths, it has prophecy, it, it, it reveals God's character. It enables and allows and shows you how to pray. I have a whole episode on prayer, go and, and watch that. It is a history book, it explains several historical accounts right to the very beginning, the first day that we ever existed, all the way to where we are today, including prophecies that are still yet to be, to to happen. So the the Bible in itself is actually perfect and infallible. It has over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament, many of which have already been fulfilled, many, okay, and some are still yet to come. And I've read through the whole and I've been studying the whole thing, reading through the whole thing daily, diligently, researching it for several hours, like a full time job, several hours a day from almost about six months now. And the amount of profound wisdom in this book is just incredible. This is why I'm speaking to you regardless of whether you are an atheist, an agnostic, someone who is of some kind of religious denomination, whichever one you are, or someone who is in the new age, or somebody who is uh, into scientism, or whatever else you're into. This is for everybody. The Bible is not a religion, and it's not based on a religion. Religions are based on the Bible, and they've taken from the Bible to, to create and lead their own agendas. So I'm asking you, like person to person, friend to friend, brother to sister, sister to brother, that you do not dismiss or dismay what is written in God's word because of what corruptible people have done and presented to you in the past. Because unlike many, many people in the world, unfortunately, I've actually been lucky to have not been 
negatively impacted by any religions growing up in my life. I had no, there was no relation to that. I willingly came to God's word myself through direct revelation with God and him calling him, calling me to him, he drawing me to himself. So it was an inevitable thing. It was one of those, you know, <laughs> mystical, magical things that you just can't explain. Okay, so I want to start with the verse and I'm going to be quoting out a scripture again. So please follow along with me, look up the uh, text. I, I specifically say exactly which text I'm saying. So you can look this up yourself, research yourself and I encourage you to simply spend more time in the word and developing your relationship with God because that's how you do it. You develop your relationship with God through reading his word. So studying his His truth, everything that's written in the Bible, and then also through prayer. And the two combined is just the beauty is I can't even explain it. Okay, and you will have your own experience and with him, but you need to actually be willing so 2 Timothy the, uh, chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Did you see that? That's not some. That's not specific pieces. All. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God is very specific with his words. Okay. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. How to live rightly. How to live as per how God intended, God's design. Verse 17, that the man of God, man of God meaning human, okay, it's old English, so understand that. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. The point of it is it's literally the handbook to life. It has everything. It has everything in it. Like literally. I'm laughing because... It is actually shocking to me how many people have never picked up a Bible in their life and read it. Even again, the people that claim to be of some religious denomination that claims to be based on the Bible. And I'm sorry to tell you guys, it's not. And even if you claim to be based off of it, you need to get reading your Bibles. And again, even if you're not of any religious denomination, like I am not, please read it because it is the word of the God that made you, the only God that exists. And this will make no sense to you until you actually hear the words of God's being spoken to you, which as you're hearing throughout this series with my commentary, because it does also help some people find it very difficult to just understand it by themselves. But that's fine. Always, though, ensure that you're actually cross-referencing and checking things yourself. And then you ask God for wisdom. You ask him to help clarify things for you. You have to actually get into a, a habit of connecting with him right? There is no other personal building that you need to connect with God, okay? So this Second Timothy um, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 shows us the perfection and infallibility of Scripture. It is infallible. There are no contradictions in the Bible. There are no contradictions in the Bible. Anytime you see something that looks like a contradiction, you have to cross-reference and check yourself. So there's so many things within it that if you think it's a contradiction, there will be somewhere else in the Bible that clarifies it. Because you see, it's not, it's such an incredible book as it is written, again, literally written by, given by the inspiration of God. So there's history in it, there's prophecy in it, so, and there is, there's actual factual historical accounts, and there's also uh, like parable language, there is also language of storytelling, there is also language of uh, 
various different ways things were explained. Thousands of you got to remember how many thousands of years old this stuff is, guys. Not to mention, yeah, since it, I can't. If I even just went into this, this could be a whole episode. But I'll say it very briefly. The moment the printing press was invented was at the very time that the person who was behind the project to who had the power in terms of had the resources and had the people, okay, at that time, to be able to print in mass in English for the first time, because the original text was in Hebrew, then Greek, then we have English, okay, and translations, by the way, no, do not make it valuable. I find it so ignorant when people say that. I speak multiple languages, and yes, it's absolutely possible to say things in different languages, it's amazing to me how the amount of excuses people will find just to find mistakes. But God even says that. He even says that people that, that want to suppress truth will find any way to do that. And you'll see that throughout this series as we go through. But when the printing press was invented, there was a, a person at the exact time that God ensured it would be possible at that point to print in mass the Bible in English, in which language? Ah, English, the language that is what? Just happens to be the most spoken number one language in where? The entire world. The entire world. Incredible. And again, lots of people like to say, like, oh, the English version, is this that? No. God has his hand in everything, okay? And if you really think that God is limited to whether somebody did a right translation or not, it's just, again, excuses. But let's start with that, okay? All scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So there is wisdom throughout the entire book. And why do I call this God's eternal wisdom? Because God's wisdom is eternal. It existed before we existed. And how would I define, in this sense, what true wisdom is? What's the ability to rightly judge a situation and choose the correct action? Okay, wisdom is the ability to rightly judge a situation and choose the correct action. Useful, no? Wouldn't you want to have that? Wouldn't you want to be able to rightly judge any given situation in your life and therefore choose the correct action? Or are you one of those people that just enjoys, you know, messing up your whole life and going through immense amounts of pain and suffering for no reason? No, I'm sure not, right? So that's what wisdom is, and that's extremely powerful. And Through understanding this, you understand if you're somebody who's a listener of mine, when it comes to talking about integrity, character, morality, purpose, standing for principles, your ability to rightly judge a situation and choose the correct action is everything. It is everything. It's not how is it going to benefit you? How is it going to help you get ahead? How is it going to help you achieve some kind of selfish goal? How is it going to help you, you know, get away with uh, something terrible you did? No. So wisdom in itself has that undertone of doing the right thing because it comes from God. And there is actually a fixed amount of wisdom for us, for humans, to get to know. And wisdom in itself is perfect understanding of all things from God. Okay, so any wisdom that's available to us humans is by revelation from God alone. It's not obtained purely from human effort. 
It's not. This is where you get lots of people. You see, human beings in our psychology, what we love to do is we love to do something really stupid and then justify it after the fact with rationale. That's what humans do. They do something when they're led by their emotions. They mess something up and then they're like, they post-rationalize it. Well, it was because of this or da-da-da. That's not wisdom. That's people making justification and excuses for what they do because humans are fallible. God is not. He is perfect. So his wisdom is made available to us through revelation from him only. And what is the special revelation God gave us? The Bible. Okay. So this is where you also hear people say like, oh, you've got to love your mess. Fake it till you make it. Right. This and that. Like all these justifications. But no, there is a standard and we can get to know it. And we don't have to go through endless bad decisions to come to know the truth it is wrong it is incorrect for people to say this it's incorrect for people to say you just got to let people make all their own mistakes well no of course people will make some mistakes in this and that but there is an element of responsibility especially when you're teaching the youth when you're you're raising children and so on and so forth and young adults leading into adulthood I mean human beings are learning like we're we're learning our whole lives but ultimately we're young adults up to our early 20s your brain is still developing humans are very dependable on other humans so just saying they'll figure it out as they go is just not it's not responsible we set the example and people can learn from mistakes that others have made and in understanding that when they followed God's wisdom how things worked out for them and when they didn't how it didn't Because you see, without a standard outside of humans, then it would not be objective wisdom. It would just simply be personal experiences. Well, in my experience, I learned this way. But as you know, that is an infinitum different. There is no objective standard to that with personal experience. We all know, though, we know through our conscience, because we are made in the image of God, that's why even people that suppress their knowledge of God and suppress the, the evidence that there is of God in all of creation and in their own conscience, they still know and act out through their morals, even when, even people that say morality is subjective and relative, okay? Yet they would still say things like, well, I would never kill somebody. Well, I obviously think that, you know, rape is wrong. Well, it's not, you're saying it's obvious for the thing that you're suppressing. It's obvious because you're made in the image of God and they're God's standards, not human standards. You understand? So we all know that there's a standard outside that of humans that dictates, that outside of our dictates, sorry, which we abide to. It is a law, an unseen law. That's what natural law is. It's an unseen law set into our existence, not what human beings have made, not those natural, spiritual, God-given metaphysical laws, which are physically binding to us as well. But this is what some people call, oh, it's social norms, or it's culture, or it's ethics, and so on and so forth. But you know what, all these words that I just said to you, they're just man-made explanations for the unseen, which is known by all. Okay, that, that's all it is. They, they, they are post-rationalized justifications for that which is unseen yet known by all, which is God's moral laws. And with that, I think this quote from uh, the quote from Romans is fantastic. Romans chapter one, verse 20 to 21. For the invisible things of him, God, 
from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, creation, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Wow. Powerful. That's absolutely the case. That's what you're seeing. That's what you're seeing. Anyone that denies the one true God, perhaps you do yourself. Again, I'm talking to all of you. You could be in a... There's so many of you that could be in totally different areas of life at the moment. But you know what the beauty of that is? The truth is absolute and it is one. So it doesn't matter what your personal experience is. The truth is the truth. And it's either going to be aggravating you at the moment hearing these things. Or it's going to be drawing you closer to God. Either way, it's still working on you the right way because it is the truth. The truth is like a sword, as God said himself when he came incarnate as Jesus. The truth is a sword, okay? It is a two-edged sword. It is sharp and it hurts. It can hurt when people don't want to acknowledge and accept what's right in front of them. And that's what that, that verse perfectly says. So in today's world, the internet has brought us more information and seeming options, fake options, than ever, but not more wisdom, okay? We do not have more wisdom today. We have less and less and less wisdom. Do you know how rare it is today to to find someone with true wisdom? It's extremely rare. So you may see lots of people that on the external look like they're great, they're righteous, they're wise, they have it all, but no, it's just a front. It is, it is this performance, if you will. Okay, so you must be able to discern what is worth paying attention to. Please, guys, there's so much endless mind-numbing what they call entertainment, which is not, it is literally enslaving you to numbing your mind. So you need to discern what is worth paying attention to. What is worth your greatest currency, which is your attention, literally. It's what you're putting your focus of your consciousness on. So don't use it to endlessly speculate. This is the other thing that people will use, endless speculation. How could one truly know? Well, what about this? Or what about that? Well, clearly that people will always find an excuse, guys. Always. I I will give you so many throughout this series, you will see the amount of excuses and flat out denial in the face of God that people had. Even in the days when God gave a mass amount of prophecies and miracles and revelations and literally was walking with the people. They still denied him. So so please think about that before you go about and just being like, well, why doesn't God reveal himself? You don't understand. It's not a guarantee that you will then accept him, love him and choose him. This is how life works, guys. We're not robots. He didn't make us to force us to do anything. We're supposed to come to want to know him ourselves. It's an actual relationship. This is why it's so important. I think I will do a separate episode on how you build your relationship with God. Because this was the core pivotal thing for me. In moving from the understanding of who God actually is. And that he is a being. That's what he, he taught me. And that changed everything for me with my relationship with him. Because before that, 
You can't have a relationship with a thing or an it or an energy. You can't. And it's very robotic and mechanical and it's just... It's literally the same thing as atheism and naturalism and creationism, like evolution and so on, that people today claim to be like in this new age spiritual world when they talk about God the way they do or the creator or the universe or perhaps they use various different words. They're not talking about the true God. You must understand this. They're talking about this concept that's not real. So it's important. Of course it is. Because God wants you to actually have a relationship with him, not with some fake statue or some fake deity that's been made up. It's actually very important. It's core to your choosing the truth in life, choosing the good over evil. Okay. So don't be endlessly speculating because this is where people get into those rabbit holes. And what do they do? They just distract people to endless seeking. It's like, oh, now I've got to find this. Now I have more questions. Now I have more questions. Now more questions. And then... What happens? You never actually find out what's true. What happens? You just get more confused. This is evil, guys. This is what evil does. They love this. They love to fool people by tempting them with more and more rabbit holes. And doubt, number one trick of evil is to make you doubt and deny that God even exists. So that's always the first one is doubt. Well, did God really say that? Would God really be something like that? Are you really sure? That that's what God, you see, it's doubt. It's always the first seed that's planted and that leads you down all the rabbit holes to confusion. Okay, so please don't do those. Learning and expanding is great, but ensure that it's actually leading you somewhere and not just making you more confused and seeking without any gain of any true knowledge because true knowledge is actually satiating. It's not, it doesn't leave you lacking, like needing so much more. It's satiating. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So is God's wisdom. Okay, this is very important, this sentence. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is understanding the reflection, the image of God. Jesus Christ being the physical incarnation of God. Okay, for those that don't understand. So it's God's wisdom. Remember that there is nothing new under the sun. Where do you think these phrases and that come from? They, they put this stuff in your face all the time, hidden in plain sight. And people just don't regard it because you never really explained where it's really coming from. You're just confused into ridiculous speculations and rabbit holes. And then people in all of their pride think they know something. And actually, they couldn't be further from the truth. That's why humble humbling yourself before God is so important that was my first episode on this series the humbleness principle do go check it out if you haven't yet which by the way all of these are timeless so there's no order you have to listen to them in so that's why I specifically teach the spiritual laws of God God's character God's integrity what it means to be in service to the good how to build the relationship with him because it's the only law that's true it's the only law that's true. There's nothing new under the sun. Anything new you're presented is just a lie, an obfuscation, a distraction. God, my friends, is reliable. He is faithful and he is consistent. He never changes and neither does his law because the law is the reflection of him. He is not growing in wisdom 
He is eternal wisdom. Okay, he doesn't grow in wisdom. He doesn't need to learn more, right? He, he's not, like, so there's the whole concept of like the, the karmic wheel and people are reincarnating their souls all the time. And, you know, it's because we're learning all these lessons and, you know, our soul is expanding to learn these. God doesn't need you to learn any expanding soul lessons so that he can get to know wisdom that he doesn't have. He is eternal wisdom. He is eternal wisdom. He is not growing in wisdom. He knows everything. He created everything, including you. And he did not create you to recycle your soul and your body and incarnations to learn lessons you didn't even know about before you were born that come that have consequences from prior lifetimes and that you need to understand past life traumas in order to heal yourself. All of it, all of it is deception from the devil and all of that is a distraction. And that is a whole episode in itself. Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Did you hear that? Verse 3 again in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus possesses all the eternal wisdom of God and always has. This is why the scriptures matter so much, guys. This is why when you're reading it, you're reading the living text of God. It is a spiritual text. It is a special revelation. It will change you from the inside out. No one spoke the way Jesus did. Not then and not now. He constantly quoted scripture from the Old Testament, constantly. So you see, he, even he was constantly reaffirming the importance of God's word. He would always say things like, haven't you read? It is written. He spoke with godly authority. Okay, He made, did many miracles. He healed the sick. He challenged the leaders there who were pretending to be um representatives of God but were not they were corrupt and so on and so forth he came to fulfill so many prophecies I could make it and I will make many different um, episodes on the prophecies that were fulfilled in the New Testament from the Old Testament okay this is why there's unfortunately also people which again as I'm coming to learn this and understand those that come from sort of the religious world first you you don't really know your Bibles. And secondly, you're only reading a part of it or you're only knowing a part of it. For example, people only knowing some aspects of the New Testament and leaving out all of the Old Testament, which is practically 80% of the entire book and is the whole foundation of everything. It's the foundation of existence. It's the foundation of why the world is the way that it is. It's the foundation of how we came to be. It's the foundation of all the historical events that happened and how God did all the things that he did and understanding the way the world is and understanding how we are where we are today and why Jesus even needed to come, what the whole thing on the cross is about and where we are today and where we're going. Like there's just so much in it. It's amazing to me. If you haven't read the Old Testament, you're missing and lacking so much understanding. It's unbelievable. You need to be reading the whole thing, all of it. And again, daily, it is your daily bread. It is your daily bread of spiritual food. So, 
he came to fulfill many prophecies, okay, from the Old Testament. It's, it's amazing. These are from thousands of years before Jesus existed, he fulfilled. It's just, it's so incredible. And he made the ultimate sacrifice for us all so that we may have life and no longer death because we're currently under the curse of death from the first man, Adam, and Jesus being the one that came to bring life, to reverse the curse. But so key thing here I want you to understand is that Jesus is not a figment of imagination, nor was he a, just a nice man that once lived, okay? He is the one and only son of God. In other words, our creator himself incarnate. But this is such an in-depth topic in itself, I will be covering it separately. But I just wanted to mention it here so people understand that and that I do not, you know, that, that I'm sure there's going to be people with... So all these presuppositions, please, I just ask you to listen with humbleness and intent to want to actually learn. Listen to it through. But if you're not, if you have ears to hear, then listen, as it is written in scripture. And if not, then fair enough. But you're the one who's going to be missing out. Certainly not me. I just hope that you will actually listen. So wisdom doesn't change, nor require endless digging into to end up with the same result you had when you started, right? This is what a lot of people have. Again, oh, I've, I've been researching things for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Okay, so, so where are you now, mate? Tell me, what do you know? What do you know about the world? What's the truth? Well, I don't know. All I know is that I don't know. And all I know is that I can't know. And it's like, how did you get to that? Like, you, can't you see the logical sort of fallacy that comes there, the logical conclusion to come from, if you have been studying and dedicating so much time to getting to know knowledge, would the end result after so many years not be, I don't know? No, guys, wisdom and truth is satiating. It is satisfying because it's enough in itself. You don't need to be studying one topic for 50 years to be told at the end, I don't know. This is also why with higher education, for example, when people go to higher levels of university and then other post-grad and whatever teachings, it's literally just further and further teachings of, of ludicrous things that are not the truth. It's further and further rabbit holes that people can then call themselves specialists in, in fallacies, in delusions. Paul warned Timothy of this in 1 Timothy Chapter 6, verse 20, he says, once you've had the wisdom by the revelation of God, like once you have it, keep it to your trust. Don't let go of it. Once you know the truth, you're supposed to stop seeking the truth on that particular thing. You see, it's satiating. It's not like, oh, I know the truth now. All right, well, let me ignore that, throw that in the bin and keep looking. No. <laughs> once you have that wisdom and revelation by God, you keep it to your trust. And he says, avoid vain, avoid profane and vain babblings and a position of falsely so-called science, which cause people to fall from truth. This is so important. This is so important. This is the people chasing endless myths. Okay, they're like mythology and everything's just a myth. Again, guys, don't be fooled by the intellectualization of it because it can sound intelligent, this is the thing. But then you'll listen to somebody for five hours talk about endless myths and concepts and this and maybe this and maybe that. And then you're like, after five hours, what did I learn? 
Well, not much. It was just like a brain. It was another form of entertainment. So this is when you're chasing endless myths and talking for the sake of talking. This is like gossip, fronting, boasting, slandering. So when he's written here, avoid profane and vain babblings. I mean, think of your popular influencers today. Hello? They spend hours on end wasting your time with their vain babblings, keeping you far from the truth and God's wisdom. Podcasts today are like three, four, five hours long of people just talking nothing. Gossiping, boasting, slandering. These are all negative things. What are you learning? How is it helping you build integrity? How is it helping you gain wisdom? It isn't. It isn't. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, Paul is warning how we know the whole world has reached a point of serious despair and shows the signs of it. And so as I read these from verse 1 to 7, I want you to consider how accurate this actually explains the times we're in today. So this is what he was writing back then. And now let's think of how this applies today. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come or stressful times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, or despisers of those that are good, traitors, heedy, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more, lover th- more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such people turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with their diverse lusts, ever learning and never being able to come to knowledge and the truth. Never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Did you hear that? Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you heard all that on that list, but that is literally an example of the demoralized world we have today. So people are not getting smarter. They're getting lazier and more delusional. I can assure you of that. You know that even now that the Bible has been outlawed in many schools, how how intelligent. Let's outlaw the Bible completely because we we do not want any truth being interrupting the lies that we want to sell the students, such as the theory of evolution, which is a religion and a false one at that. Teaching vain babblings and cult religions. Cults. Just training people to be good slaves for the system through and and this is the thing people will literally again they will refrain from ever reading the bible because they actually think that it is what is based off of people's brainwashing and and so on and so forth but it's not the word of god it is the cultish religions that people have built claiming to be based on the word of god but they are not and they are dishonoring god's name in what they do So these are people who deny the truth. They just outright deny it. We have this everywhere. You would have noticed this even with the last, the turbulation of the last few years. With the scam. How many people just flat out denied the truth? How many people are now coming out with the clear truth that everything was a lie? For those of us that already knew, we knew. But I mean the people that are coming to the realisation, so many of them, they just deny it. And then they shrug it off. 
You can have it right in their face. How many people show clear facts and evidence? They deny the truth. And again, I want you to think of how that applies to when people say, well, where is God? Why doesn't he show himself to me? People deny the truth when they want to, when they choose their own feelings, when they choose how they want to, how they want to see the world in their solipsistic, my world is just what I make in my head view. And he says the wicked will wax worse, as in things will get worse for wicked people, but also that the faithful, as in the faithful to God, will suffer persecution. This has been time and time again actually the case, and today is is once again being reintroduced with the whole um, censoring of people's speech. Because now you, you have to be worried that you offend someone lest you tell the truth. So if we carry on, uh, this is verse 8, still in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 8. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Resist the truth. Who resists the truth? Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. What is reprobate? It means a morally unprincipled person. So people who are morally unprincipled concerning the faith, they don't have moral principles because that requires your faith in God. And they have corrupt minds. So they therefore resist the truth. Like they all go hand in hand. It's a logical conclusion that goes one to another. And I mean, the demoralization of the world is working really well. I mean, you just got to look. Sometimes I wonder, like, is this real? Is this real? Because I see it and it's there in my face every day. It's not one country, it's everywhere because we're in a globalized world now. So now it's not you hear one thing once a place, they just, the whole, the whole one world government already exists. So where one thing is initiated in one country, it begins everywhere. So the demoralization of the world is working really well. Because people today are practically allergic to faith, to trust, to confidence, okay? All those things are connected. Those words all mean the same thing. Words change meaning over time, how they're used. As I'm even proving to you in this moment, as I read from the old English King James Version of the Bible, and today we have more modern sounding words. Words are used more, less, context changes, and so on and so forth. Yet, you know, God forbid you believe. How many people are allergic just the word believe? I don't believe in anything. Well, you know, that's atheistic nihilism at its finest. And by the way, the words confidence and ethics are just corporatized words for the words faith and belief. It's the same thing. You're just trying to make it sound more corporate and atheistic. Oh, let's talk about ethics. No, you mean morals? Right? It's like when people want to separate politics from morality. There's no such thing. You cannot. You cannot claim to be an arbiter of law or a dictator for law and claim that it's not related to morality and God. It's unbelievable. Because, you see, we require belief to do anything in life, literally anything. You require faith to wake up in the morning, put your feet on the ground and expect there to be a ground there and to not fly away. You expect that if somebody says they're going to meet you somewhere at 1pm, you have faith they're going to be there and that when you get into your car, you'll make it and what have you. It all requires faith and belief. This is ridiculous, people's allergy. Especially in relation to the unseen and to the future. 
Okay, no one, no one human can 100% guarantee anything without trust. And when they tell you that that's how they live, like they're 100% skeptic, I've heard those people, in other words, cynics. It's good to have skepticism to use your discernment on things, but to claim that you need to have a 100% guarantee of something because you just don't use trust or belief or confidence or faith in anything, you're lying to yourself. You use it every day in everything you do. If you go to a grocery store and purchase something, you have faith that it's not filled with poison because you didn't make it. Verse 9. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifested unto all men, as also theirs was. So this is like your folly is like your mistakes, your foolishness will return unto you as it will with all others. It's, this is cause and effect. But you have fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, my charity, my patience. Okay, this is as someone who's been faithful to God and standing in his principles and integrity, and he was suffering persecution. Okay, verse 11 persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at, at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me meaning God. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. It's just one of the ways that he is called. There are many different ways he also calls himself within, within the book because it's always also God speaking and he refers to himself in these names. So you can then be assured you can use those names. Verse 12. Yes, and all that will live godly in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. You see, so this is where you also get again, uh, as you can see, I'm going at all different angles here, regardless of what your what your position is and what you believe or don't claim to not believe. It's all beliefs. Is that there's those that think or, or preach this prosperity gospel. God has a plan for you and it's all about getting rich and famous. So no, a true disciple of Christ has said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Hear that. They are being deceived themselves and then are also deceiving others. It is literally the blind leading the blind into a ditch. All right. And God is allowing this world to show its true colours. This is why, you know, you're hearing again, evil loves to use what's actually happening and then creating a multitude of various narratives to justify their, you know, like version of it. So you'll believe their version and not the truth. So that's why we're actually seeing all the darkness and evil not being done in secret anymore. You, you know, you're hearing this in like spiritual talk, like spiritual new age people will say, darkness is coming to light, great awakening and so on and so forth. Yes and no, it's that those that were doing evil and darkness in secret, they're not even doing it in secret anymore. As in, it's, it's a good and bad thing in the sense that it's good because it helps people to actually realise things are not okay. They're not right. And some people need some very serious catalysts, apparently, to actually question things in life when they're too comfortable, right? But not good in the sense that the world is actually getting more evil. That's the part that people are being deceived about with the whole awakening, whatever. The world is not becoming great, guys. It's getting more evil. It's literally in your face every day. And they have no shame. It's shameless. 
It's everywhere. And everything, everything is commercialized, sexually perverse, you know, confusing, trying to make you think everything other than what is true. And they're, they're flat, flat out doing like satanic rituals in front of the whole world and people just don't even... They even defend them. Oh, come on, can't be that bad. It's just entertainment, sure. So it's, it's a literally God's allowing the world to show its true colours at the moment because it's, again, so many people need to learn the hard way. So this depra- depraved rebellion against, not against evil, but against the one true God. And it's literally hatred of wisdom and truth. He's allowing that to happen until he decides the time for their repayment on Judgment Day. Okay, this is very important. God decides when the effect of people's causes happen. He decides. That's why the law of cause and effect, when people say it's not instantaneous, it's a spiritual law, and it's not always in the same day, in the same week, perhaps not even for 50 years, but it will be there. It will come. And the only time, the only person, the only... One that can actually decide that and know when that is, is God for every individual and for us as a whole. And haven't you even noticed at least like Hollywood's obsession with things like cosmic judgment? So there's all these movies about cosmic judgment, justice court hearings. Don't you think it's a bit bizarre? People love watching court hearings and justice Where do you think that all came from? You you think human beings crawled out of the cave, sat into a building, put white wigs on and started smashing javelins on a wooden thing? Yeah, human beings just came up with that. No, guys, God taught us everything. It's all a reflection of the truth, but in a perverted thing. Like when you start to understand all of this, it's just so much clarity in it. So Hollywood is obsessed with these things. They just show you the, their their version of the story which is corrupt and wrong so there's always these like armageddon type dystopian movies haven't you noticed that like armageddon like everyone's dead or turned into a zombie there's like basically just a few people left yeah they're not predicting anything because i see a lot of people saying this oh they're predicting when the alien invasion comes or they're predicting no they're not do you know what they're doing because i know because i've literally from all I had so many revelations. I had to, I had so, my hand was hurting how much I was writing down notes of the amount of storylines in the world today that are either promoted as real storylines, like real events, or as movies and fictional, that are literally word for word taken out of the Bible. So I tell you what they're doing they're not predicting anything. They're literally reading the Bible and then projecting the prophetic things to come, but in their wicked and evil lens. All right, I'll let you in on a secret, though. The wicked do not favour well in the end. For vengeance is God's, and shall receive everyone. All shall receive the judgment for their works. Because it is written, and what God says, his word does not return void to him. In Deuteronomy 32 verse 35 he says to me belongs vengeance and I will very briefly share with you this is a prophetic word in the bible that's in the book of revelation which is a whole I mean I could probably do a year's worth of of things on that and I will because I had some very serious revelations myself from this when I prayed on it and asked God for the wisdom to understand 
um, and it's absolutely incredible. But for this, I just want you, for those of you that in your heart, you are troubled and you know the world is wicked and you are struggling and you're thinking like, what is this? Like how to know the truth, how to gain this wisdom? Like what is going to happen? Like, why is this so first and foremost, you're connecting your relationship with God. You're praying to him. You're reading his word. And you actually have to have self-discipline and self-leadership to trust in him and to not fear people so that you will give in to whatever the evil agenda is. And instead you stand strong in your faith in God because he will protect you, even if you are persecuted, because you understand the bigger picture. So let me show you this. In relation to, to God is the vengeance. Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 to 15. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So I just want you to understand, there's a lot in that, again, but just for some of you, you know, God will do his work and that will speak to you in the way it needs to. But I want you to understand this. God is just and he will bring judgment to all. Putting your trust in him and his word is your protection. Denying him is your demise. Do not buy into the lies of the wicked. Listen to the wisdom of the good. Learning from God's word in the 66 books of the Bible is your literal guide for his eternal wisdom and truth. All right? And in closing, I want to read from you from Proverbs chapter 8 to close this in understanding why God's wisdom is eternal and how we can indeed come to know it and he has so graciously shown it to us. Proverbs chapter 8. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. Uh, This is speaking, uh, sorry, as wisdom. So if you imagine wisdom is saying to you, verse 10, receive my instruction, me wisdom, and not silver. Receive my knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth there was. Now therefore listen unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways, the ways of wisdom. Hear instruction, instruction, okay? Hear instruction and be wise. Refuse not instruction from wisdom. Blessed is the man that hears me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso finds me finds life and shall obtain favour of God. But he that sins against me wrongs his own soul. All they that hate me love death. I mean, that's such an incredible, just that, those 
verses from verse 10 to 36 in Proverbs chapter 8, that is all speaking of the, the, the worth of wisdom, how it's worth any silver, any gold, worth more than any riches you can ever attain. Nothing can be compared to it. That God possessed it since the beginning of time, since the beginning of his way. He was, it was set up from everlasting and from the beginning. So wisdom is God's. It's eternal. And he has gifted it to you in his word. That's why he's saying, listen to the wisdom. For those are blessed who keep his ways. And you shall obtain favour in God's eyes when you do. Why? Because wisdom is doing that which is right. Making right judgment. Okay? But those that choose to go against wisdom wrongs his own soul and they love death. It's a very important thing to reflect on. And I hope you will listen to this. There's so much in this one. I hope you will listen to this more than once because there's a lot in here. So know this. God is wisdom. It is eternal. And it's available to you at your fingertips. But the question is, are you willing to listen and learn from God? Or would you rather lean on your own human, valuable, quote, understanding? There's a lot to reflect on and take in in this one. And I do hope you take this lesson earnestly and apply these teachings in your life because that is my intention with everything I teach that's why I call it practical wisdom and wisdom in service to the good because wisdom is to do that which is right to judge righteously in accordance with God's law in accordance with what is right in God's eyes So don't delay it. Start building your relationship with God today. I really hope, above everything, that this has inspired you to pick up the Bible, to read God's word, to pray, and to actually rekindle a direct relationship with him. No matter what biases or beliefs you were told from the past, but know that you can have a direct relationship with God because you are a child of God. When you choose to believe and trust in him, and have faith in him, and to be in service to him, because you cannot be in service to the good and evil at the same time. You must choose, and in this life, the only life you have, the choice between good and evil, the choice between God and this world, is a critical one.